You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 243, Marital Issues. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello, Mama. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in today and happy April. Hopefully, spring is in the air where you are. Here in Florida, we pretty much only have one season year round, which is hot. (laughs) But my mango tree is blooming. And we're going to have well over 100 mangoes this year. It's insane. I always end up giving a ton of mangoes away and freezing a bunch because there are just too many to eat. And the other sign of spring is that I have two orchids that have been dormant for at least two years, and one of them is starting to bloom again now too. So I guess we do have spring in Florida. Spring is also the season of love. And in my damn good mama group, the topic of marital issues has been coming up quite a bit lately. I always figure if it's a hot topic with my clients, it's probably something that people in my podcast audience are dealing with too. Now, I've done other episodes about relationships in the past, but with over 240 episodes, it's very likely that you haven't heard them all or you've forgotten some of what I said. So I decided to take some of the most valuable clips from those episodes and combine them into a new one for you. Repetition is the mother of learning, so even if you have heard these episodes before, it'll be a great reminder for you, and maybe you'll hear something in a new way today. And if you're a single mom like me, keep listening because these ideas apply to all relationships with all people, not just spouses. Okay, here we go. Enjoy. Usually, we don't tell other people what's in our manuals. We think they should just know what we expect of them and how we want them to behave. I've heard moms say things like, my husband should just know that I want him to bring me flowers, or he should know that it's important to me that he comes to bed at the same time as me. Not only do the people we have manuals for not know that we have them or what's in them, but often we're not even aware ourselves that we have manuals or that they're causing us to suffer. The whole reason we want people to follow our manuals is so that we can feel a certain way. And when they don't follow it, we're upset because we make it mean something negative. For example, when your husband doesn't bring you flowers or go to bed at the same time as you do, you may make it mean that he doesn't love you. You may make it mean you're not important to him or that he's not attracted to you. Because according to your manual, based on maybe what you saw in your home growing up or based on your beliefs about marriage, husbands who love their wives and are attracted to them should bring their wives flowers (laughs) and always go to bed at the same time as their wives every night to share time together without the kids and to talk about the day. So when your husband doesn't do those things, you assume it means he doesn't love you or find you attractive. But your husband has a different manual. His manual might say that husbands who buy flowers that will only last a week aren't being very responsible with the family finances. 
And it might also say that a good time for husbands and fathers to unwind at night and have time to themselves is after everyone else is in bed. So it doesn't mean anything about you at all. So my client's manual said things like, my husband shouldn't travel so much. I shouldn't be the one doing all the housework. I shouldn't always be the one to enforce consequences. It's not fair. Whenever you think something should be different than it is, you're resisting reality. And that resistance causes you to suffer. When my client learned to accept the reality of her situation, then she could start to become curious and ask herself why it's perfect that her husband travels for work and she stays at home, and why she's the best person to do the housework and enforce consequences. She could own her choices, feel good about them, and let go of her resentment. Instead of thinking, I have to do everything around here, she started thinking, I'm choosing to do everything around here, and who better than me to do it? You're probably wondering how she got to that point, through questioning all of her thoughts. For example, take the thought, I have to do everything around here. When questioned, she realized that she doesn't have to do anything. She could let the dishes and laundry pile up if she wanted to, but she didn't want to. She wanted to live in a tidy house, and she wanted her kids to live in a tidy house. So her new thought became, I'm choosing to do the housework. She could choose not to enforce any consequences and blame her kids' behavior on her husband's absence, but that's not the kind of mom and wife she wanted to be. She even had the thought, it must be hard for my husband to be away from home all the time and to miss out on so many of the kids' milestones. Maybe I'm the one enjoying freedom after all. Those thoughts created feelings of empowerment, confidence, and compassion. You may have heard the expression, one person's pleasure is another's pain. It's so true. For every wife who's upset that her husband doesn't express his emotions, there's another one wishing her husband wasn't so sensitive and would toughen up. For every wife who thinks her husband doesn't spend enough time with the family, there's another one who thinks hers spends too much time at home. And for every woman who thinks her mate is too affectionate and wants to make love too often, there's another one complaining that her husband isn't interested enough in sex. It's not your husband, but how you choose to think about him that's important. So what if your husband's only job was to show up exactly as he is and let you love him? What do you imagine your relationship would be like if you stopped trying to control and change him and he just did the things he genuinely wants to do? When you take control of your own emotions, regardless of how he behaves, you take control of your life to create the experience you want to have. I want to make clear that I'm not suggesting you tolerate any form of abuse or that you don't protect yourself or set boundaries in your relationship. I'm not suggesting that you always stay in your relationship either, but you can always choose to feel love because love feels better than hate. When I got married, I vowed to myself that I would never get divorced. I had a real victim mentality around it and believed that divorce had negatively impacted my life. I believed that my childhood would have been better and I would have been happier had my parents stayed married. 
Of course, the opposite was probably true, and I had no way to prove my theory. But I was adamant that I wasn't going to let what happened to me happen to my kids. I understood that marriage was hard work, and I was willing to do whatever it took to keep it intact. I told myself, divorce is not an option. Fast forward a few years after Marissa was born. My marriage hit its first big bump in the road when I discovered that my husband was dealing with an addiction. Ashamed, I didn't reach out for support from friends and family, except my mom. While I didn't yet understand that life is 50-50, a concept I often talk about here, that life is made up of 50% positive emotions and 50% negative ones, I knew that life was full of ups and downs. I reminded myself that no one's perfect, and I believed in unconditional love and the idea that when two people are devoted to each other, they can conquer anything. But as the years went by, there were more and more problems in our relationship. More addiction, less trust, less communication, and less connection. Still, I thought to myself, divorce is not an option. That thought seemed so innocent. It seemed so noble. I wanted to save our marriage for our sake and for the sake of our children. I believed on some level that this thought protected me and would ultimately prevent an outcome I wanted to avoid. I thought that by staying married at all costs, I would avoid feeling ashamed, disappointed, angry, and scared, even though I was feeling all of those things already. My resistance to the idea that divorce was an option, and had always been an option, kept me in denial about what was happening in reality. My thought obviously couldn't prevent or control my husband's actions. What it did was make me feel pressured, resentful, and desperate. So I wasn't showing up as the wife, mother, or woman I wanted to be. I literally spent years suffering because of my thought, divorce is not an option. Had I believed that it was an option, would I have left him instead of him leaving me? I don't know. But perhaps I would have stopped fighting with reality and accepted the idea that life doesn't always go as planned. And that no matter what happens, I'm strong enough to handle it. Because the worst that can happen is an emotion I create with my own mind. While it's definitely easier when parents agree, the truth is that no two people are completely alike, and no two parents will handle situations exactly the same way. In fact, I believe that trying to always be on the same page sets couples up to be in competition with each other over whose approach is better which creates even more conflict. You and your partner have different histories and experiences that have shaped your individual values, attitudes, and beliefs. You have unique triggers, those thoughts that evoke feelings of anger, resentment, fear, insecurity, and guilt. You have different expectations and standards rooted in the messages you received growing up. Recognize that each of you has strengths and weaknesses and that your kids will benefit from learning to manage their relationships with different types of people. He's not supposed to do it the way you do. You don't have to be on the same page to be on the same team. And being a team doesn't mean you do it the same. When you think about teams, sports teams, for example, there are different players with different strengths and responsibilities that make up the team. The pitcher doesn't tell the shortstop how to do his job, and the kicker doesn't tell the quarterback how to do his. They're each responsible for doing what they do best. In the same way, you're responsible for your relationship with your kids as their mother, and 
your partner is responsible for his relationship with your kids as their father. Even if your partner has a much stricter or more lenient approach than you do, it's not your business to interfere in his relationship with the kids. They need to develop their own relationships with each other, separate from you, and learn how to navigate the ups and downs. Of course, I'm not referring to any kind of severely abusive or neglectful behavior here. But when you interfere in other people's relationships, you get caught in the mama drama triangle that I talked about in episode 129 with being a rescuer, a victim, or a persecutor. I mean, no one likes to be told they're doing it wrong or even that they could be doing it better. Our natural reaction is to get defensive and dig our heels in deeper. We resist change and we want to be right until we ourselves become open to doing things a different way. That's why I won't coach anyone who doesn't want to be coached. It's just not effective. So when you accept your partner for who he is, let go of being right and focus on how you want to show up rather than on how he's showing up, you'll both be a lot happier and end up working more as a team. I want you to stop and ask yourself, how are you already on the same team? In what ways is he doing it right? How is he the perfect dad for your kids? Your kids are supposed to have the exact relationship with him that they do right now, for better or worse. His style may be unlike yours, but remember that his differences attracted you to him in the first place. Your kids will benefit from each of your approaches, so support each other's choices, reinforce each other's decisions, and demonstrate unity whenever you can. Not only will it help your kids, it'll also strengthen your relationship with their dad. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.